that, we start with 10, 11 people. Welcome to John and Todd's Monday Night Therapy Session. Y'all need therapy after this weekend. Y'all need therapy after this game. Y'all need y'all need therapy because of the world that which we live in today. I'm not going into specifics. Hi, Todd. How you doing? I'm doing well, John. Happy Halloween. I see you dressed up. I as what? Grumpy old man. <laughs> you know what? We hit on our house. You hit me. Oh, you, you're one of those that turned out the lights. Yes. yes. We used to, you know what? You, you know, when we were younger folk, it used to be so the kids, there's so many kids around, and there was, you know, such and I'd go outside and drink a beer and yell at my neighbors, and I'd give away potatoes and onions along with the candy. Because you just palm it. And I always thought I was so clever, and then parents started catching on. You know, they'd stand in the street and go, I could use an onion, and I'd be like, shit. There goes the fun in that. Because I wanted these kids to go home and dump out their candy and, you know, there'd be an onion and a potato there. And they go, what the hell is this? <clears throat> but now we just hide. You know, we hide because if somebody knocks on our front door, the dog goes completely insane. And it's it's not – and she tries to kill herself to try to get to who is ever knocking at the door so she can greet them. And it's no fun. And we're old people and we're no fun. And Well, now we're here to have fun. What's going on, Todd? What what? You went to the game. Yeah, I did. Can we start I, there. Yeah. Should we start there? Well, yeah, let's start there. We can. Uh, I guess that's as good a place as any. Yeah, I went to the game with my pop again, and uh, you know, when you go to a football game with an eighty-three-year-old, eighty-four, eighty-four-year-old man, uh, you know that that in itself has some challenges. Um, he's certainly set in his ways. We, well, of course, you know, we had to start out at East Campus at the College of Agriculture tailgate party at the East Campus Memorial Union, where for the 18th consecutive time that I've been to that thing, I have had a bowl of chili and a cinnamon roll. And that's it. Cinnamon roll, bowl of chili. I guess that's Nebraska. So, um, yeah, but... Uh, Is it good chili? Uh, the chili was okay. Roll was okay, yeah. And, uh, of course, we see some people my dad knows. And actually, this time, uh, my sister-in-law's twin sister and her husband were there. Go figure that one out. So I had a chat with them. But, yeah, no, we went to the game. Uh, until Casey Thompson got knocked out of the game, uh, I think that the vast majority of the people in the stadium that were wearing red or something in red uh, – what was pretty uh, excited about what was happening in that game. Uh, I think it was what 14 to six, 13 to six, something like that, 13 to six when when he got knocked out. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jack, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's really, it's really hard to come. You got to just ignore the comments because oh my guess, God, they're just, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. It was a fun game to watch until Casey Thompson got in. Until Casey Thompson got knocked out, and then, you know, it was really interesting because I think everybody kind of thought that, uh, you know, Chubba Purdy was going to be the next man up. But I, where our seats are located, I could see pretty quick. You know, well, first of all, nobody moved you know, right away. And then eventually Chubba grabbed the ball and started flipping a little bit. And then uh, in race, Logan Smothers and Logan started throwing the ball around a little bit. And then somebody came and tapped Logan on the shoulder and 
he got behind the center and started taking direct snaps and stuff. So it, it became very apparent that um, that Logan was going to get the call and uh, go into the game. But, uh, you know, hey, Illinois was as advertised. I think, you know, John, you watched it on, on television. Maybe you should talk more about, you know, their performance because you could certainly see it better than I could. Um, but what I saw, big, tough, and they did not make very many mistakes. They no. played very sound, fundamental football. Um, I think the thing that surprised me so much was how far off the line of scrimmage their safety played. I mean, he was anywhere from 20, 25, sometimes 30 yards yeah. off the line of scrimmage. And the guy sitting next to me was an little Illinois guy. And he says, well, they put all their faith in the front four. And, uh, you know, um, and they could. Those guys up front from Illinois were incredibly tough. You know, I did a, uh, I did, for last Friday, I did an interview and I, somebody sent me an email and I said, will you please come on our podcast? And I, you know, I didn't know who it was and I, you know, about Illinois and I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? And it turned out it was the, some guys from their student newspaper. So I started out the podcast. Well, I started out the pre thing by saying, is there profanity? <laughs> Apparently not for their student newspaper. So I, I did an entire interview without swearing. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, they, I congratulated them on winning the Big Ten West because they asked me, you know, can do, are you going to put any pressure on our quarterback? No. What's going to happen? You know, I said, I don't really see Nebraska having much shot, much of a shot of winning this game. And, you know, the reason is because they were just going to be able to run the ball and no pressure on the quarterback. And uh, I said, you're going to win the Big Ten West. Congratulations. And I think they're just the most put-together team in the Big Ten West. That's the thing. You know, they're I don't think they're amazing, but they're pretty good. And but the thing – surprised me about the game is you know until Casey Thompson got injured it looked like okay we can figure out how to play with these guys our defense came up with some stops and like I started my post game video with it was it was you know it was a fun game to watch right up until the moment that it wasn't and that that was the moment it wasn't anymore you know Casey Thompson getting injured so I don't know. yeah well I'll tell you what I I the offensive line played better than they have recently. Is it good enough to compete consistently in the Big Ten West? Probably not. But, you know, outside of when, you know, Casey Thompson got popped there and knocked him out of the game, um, they really hadn't played that bad. You know, Nebraska was able to run the ball a bit in the first quarter. They kind of made some adjustments and they slowed that down in the second quarter. Um, but, you know, I thought the offensive line has shown some improvement. The defense, the defense, they just got they got worn down, you know, and um, pass rush. Well, hey, I got my two for one Big Mac today at McDonald's. There were officially two sacks by the Nebraska defense. Should have been three. That one that Garrett Nelson had early on should have counted as a sack. Um so, you know, they got some heat on the quarterback a little bit, but what they couldn't figure out is, you know, those quick hitters to, you know, a back coming out of the a back coming out of the backfield or the tight end on those little quick outs and or crossing patterns. And, you know, that's been an Achilles heel of Nebraska's defense for the last five years. 
Well, that guy, you know, I talked about uh, Tommy DeVito before the game, and he, he had a 70% completion rate before the game. So he, he completed something. I don't know what the percentage. What was he, 20 or 22? I mean, when you're the, that efficient with the ball, throwing the ball, you're not going to win many games. I think it really came down to the defense played. The, they, the defense played well, considering the fact that the offense only made one first down after Thompson went in, injured. And then I think we're all – here's the thing. Uh, let's say Jack the Ripper asks, what happened to Thompson? What is his injury? Well, from what we know, he said after the game, or he said at some point here, that he couldn't feel his hand. And I'm sure it's like a stinger or something where your nerve gets pinched or your nerve gets hit. But you can see him on the field looking at his hand. You know, he's on his knees, I think, looking at his hand. And you're like, oh, God, that doesn't look good. But, uh, you know, that's – that's it's day-to-day with Thompson, according to Mickey Joseph, which means uh, I probably wouldn't expect to see him against Minnesota, which means we're going to have to look – I don't – what are we going to do about a quarterback, Todd? Well, I mean, that's that's the big question this week. You know, it sounds like with with Thompson and no, you know, no one's released specifics, but it sounds like the elbow was compressed and um, it probably pinched a nerve in the elbow, and um, it all comes down to whether or not he um, whether he's able to grip the football. God damn it, Jack. Uh, um, okay, let's go. Tell you, you can't grip the football. So if he can't grip the football, obviously it's going to be pretty hard to wing it. Um, you know, like he needs to do it, and you know, so they're going to have to they're going to have to prepare these other quarterbacks. Um, here, you know, my synopsis of that is, you know, Logan Smothers. He got you know, a few snaps. And then apparently, you know, in the post-game press conferences, Mickey Joseph, when he was asked, said that he had conversation with Coach Whipple and because they were behind, they thought that they needed to throw the ball. And so that's why they went with uh, Chubba Purdy. Um, here's, here's what I think about it. Logan Smothers was in there, you know, and they, they gave him some very conservative plays to run. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe Logan wasn't part of the, a, a big part of the game plan for the week. Maybe things were very limited for him. I don't know. But, you know, Chubba Purdy is, you know, he's flowing over with athletic ability. The guy's got a cannon for an arm. But that kid played like he was a deer in the headlights. He, he did. He, he, he played awful. He just, he played awful. He did. And, you know, all of us armchair quarterbacks and, you know, uh, coaches from the 55th row, we can talk all we want to about players being ready to go at a moment's notice. Um, I, you know, I don't know to what extent uh, practice time is divided up and to what extent they give reps to the backups. But um, a comment was made on one of the talk shows that I was listening to today that, you know, the game plan for Nebraska up until this point has been totally focused on what Casey Thompson can do. And uh, Chubba Purdy is not Casey Thompson's, nor is Logan Smothers. So, you know, what are they going to do? What are they going to do against um, uh, Minnesota this week? 
my guess is, is that, well, first of all, I think Whipple probably likes Purdy because he fits the type of quarterback that Whipple likes to coach. But, you know, I was listening to good old Charlie McBride uh, this afternoon and coach McBride said, you know what? I don't think anything beats experience. And while Logan Smothers doesn't have a ton of experience, he did play the entire game against Iowa and he played a pretty damn good football game against Iowa last year. Yeah, he did. He really did. All things considered, he played a good game. And, you know, so what's going to happen in in the game next week? They're going to take a look at Minnesota's defense, and they're going to try to figure out how do we best attack it with the tools we have. And if that means they go with Purdy, they go with Purdy. If they go with Smothers, they go with him. Or if it's a combination of the two, I don't know. The one thing that kind of intrigued me is that Mickey Joseph said in his post-game press conference that the reason they went with Smothers is because they wanted to put some option looks in. Well, they really didn't run many option plays when Smothers was in, so I'd, I'd like to see that just a little bit more. Hey, wait a Let's go back to the Illinois game. You were there. Did people leave at halftime? No, people weren't leaving at halftime. People did leave. Uh, after the first Nebraska series of the third of the fourth quarter, people started leaving in droves. Now there were there were probably some people that left before that, but it was not noticeable. And you know, at least where I was sitting, I didn't notice people leaving until there might have been a few that left at the end of the third quarter. Um, but after the the when people started leaving in droves was at the end of, uh, well, when Nebraska had a possession in the fourth quarter and didn't do anything with it. Um, it sounded to me, and I, I don't know, you know, I, I was one, I didn't leave that early, but we left before the final, um, before the final whistle. And um, of course, that's because I was there with an 84-year-old man and we are in row 44, <laughs> way, way, way up high. And if we don't get a start, we don't ever get there. And um, so <laughs> that being said, um, it, it sounded like it cleared out pretty fast from what I understand. Okay. Let's, let's take a few comments. Alan Cass says, can they even fashion some semblance of an offensive line at this point? Could be an epic ending to a season in a bad way. No. No, they can't. I, th I think the biggest problem is we don't have serviceable tackles. And it's whatever they're going to do, whatever offense they're going to have to figure out. I mean, they literally are going to have to figure out how to uh, play football without tackles that are going to be really decent blocking tackles. You know, that's just it. I don't – I think the thing is, is once you get into the season this far, you're kind of set with what you got. I mean, you can always try different guys in different positions, but they've done that. I don't think you're coaching, you know, you're, the Rayola dude isn't just magically going to become a great offensive line coach in the middle of the season. Uh, so I, that's uh, all of this is a long way of saying no. So, you know, I, I'd like to butter that up or sugarcoat it, but there's no really, not really a way to do that. Well, I, I agree with you, John, but they can play better, and I hope that they do play better um, because if they don't, this will be this will be pretty damn ugly. Um, there have been times that they've been serviceable, and again, I'll uh, here's the here's the problem though. Illinois was the first 
of five teams that play very physical, punch you in the mouth football. And that is going to wear on Nebraska. I don't think Nebraska's got the depth. We've, we've commented all year about what kind of a mindset these players have. Um, you know, this, this, unfortunately it could get ugly, but who knows, maybe they'll step up, maybe they'll fight and scrap. Okay. What do we got? Shane Coates Cott says is how Nebraska plays physically a reflection of the strength and conditioning coach. Uh, you want to take that? I think to an extent, to? to an extent it is. I think yeah. to an extent it is. Uh, you know, the part that um, you, you'd like to see them better at is you'd like to see them a lot more explosive. Uh, you'd like to see them win some of those one-on-one -on -one battles. Uh, you'd like to see them be able to, um, you know, control some space. Uh, but strength and conditioning coaches also are responsible for, you know, the mental aspect of the game too. And um, I'll just leave it there. I'll let you finish. Everything up. we've heard about Zach Duvall is that he likes people to be big and strong, but that does nothing for their explosiveness, does nothing for their agility. And when it comes to linemen, I mean, it did. It doesn't do anything for them to be able uh, to – to move, you know, I mean, if you've listened to us over the years, you'll, you'll, every once in a while, you'll get into Haas and I going on about polling and players polling, you know, and it, our offensive lines haven't been good enough to do a lot of polling. Remember, remember the Osborne years? I mean, we might as well just go back to that. Milt Tanner book, uh, you know, the assembly line, he goes a lot into how they were pulling and how they moved the guards and how they moved the tackles or pulled from the opposite side. We've seen almost none of that stuff in recent years. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, uh, number one, our linemen are either not athletic or our strength and conditioning people don't let them be athletic. So, yeah, I think strength and conditioning has a huge factor on all of this. And, you know, there is zero people I've known. Wait a minute, zero, zero, how do you do it? Zero. <laughs> zero people I've known that have said, yeah, they should retain Zach Duvall. They Nobody has said that at all. I haven't heard uh, that either. Let's, yeah, let's see. Uh, our, our Michigan dude, Will M. M. Gaboski, will Thompson be back from Michigan? Uh, I don't know. I, it's day to day, and we'll see what happens. I'm not 100% sure it will make any difference for Michigan. Uh, after seeing you guys play, I honestly, I think the Michigan game against Nebraska is probably one of those pick-your-score games. So uh, let's see here. There was another one I was going to – there's this Fongway guy, Fongway Reldman. Serious question, could this team be any worse – that they simply spent all of their time running gassers at all the remaining practices along with the coaches. This guy yeah. sounds like he's into torture. <laughs> yes. They could be a yes, lot they worse. Could, they could be a lot worse. I mean, they need to they, – they, they, you know what? They've gotten better at tackling. I think if you've seen one thing that this defense has done better than it has uh, under Eric Tenander is people are around the ball. Well, I mean, they, there's a lot of stuff – 
about missed tackles, but I think they did a decent job of taking care of Chase Brown. He had his yards, but he didn't explode for any 70 yarders. Well, I thought for sure he would. They're filling their assignments a lot better too. I mean, you know, this defense is noticeably better than it was with Shenander. And, you know, just with Fongway's question, but then also Linda's got a question out here where she says it could get ugly. Yeah, it could get a hell of a lot more ugly. I mean, <laughs> this this team right now is just kind of, you know, hold and serve to some extent. Barely, barely. Um, you know, if, if the defense – that Eric Chenander was coaching, lined up against this this uh, Illinois team. Um, that would have been one of the ugliest flipping football games you ever would see. You know, you want to go back to ugly when John, you and I were up in Camp Randall and it was snowing in the third quarter, and four hundred and some odd yards rushing is what. Now, hell, I can't even remember his name. Um, Melvin Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. I mean, you want to see ugly? That's ugly. And we're not we're not there. I mean, they did a decent job. Chase Brown had 4.4 yards per carry. You'd kind of like to think maybe you could hold him to 3.4 or something like that. But holy smokes, he could run wild, could have run wild. Okay, should we do we have any more? Uh... Oh God! Okay, let's go to the pin messages. Will Thompson be back? We did that one. Any thoughts on Logan Smothers being utilized against Illinois from Blaine Cole back from Japan? You know, uh, should we go into Minnesota? I don't care. Okay. Well, I've watched a lot of Minnesota football because I'm required to, on account of the household. You know. And I will, I will say this. Let's. What are we going to say? I don't think Minnesota is as physical as they have been the last year or two. I think a lot of that is because of their offensive line. Their offensive line got pushed around by Purdue a lot more than I thought they would. Uh, having said that, I mean, they're no slouch. I think that here's the thing. Minnesota is – can Nebraska beat Minnesota? Yes, we can. If we could figure out how to make a first down. <laughs> if Casey Thompson's in the game, I think we definitely can beat Minnesota. If we have another quarterback, you know, the spread is 11 against Minnesota. Now, you should ask yourself, why is the spread 11 and the spread against Illinois was 7.5? Casey Thompson. I mean, that, yeah, I, that's what I'm guessing is that that whole thing is Casey Thompson's out and – Everybody kind of knows it, but I think the thing is, is the other side, the other side of that is Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan's, he's like 35 years old. He's been around for 15 years. I think he's a decent quarterback, but the problem he has is he is wildly inconsistent. And for a guy that's been around for as long as he has been around, I think he would be a lot better player, but I think he hit his upside or he hit his ceiling last year. So they don't really have they don't really have wideouts that should strike fear into the heart of anybody like they had with, who was it, Tyler Johnson and uh, Rashad Bateman. 
They lost their guy that was their wideout that was that type of wideout earlier this season for the year. Uh, I think really if Nebraska is going to beat Minnesota, it's going to come down to is Tanner Morgan going to have a good game or not. Because if he doesn't have a good game, they're going to be one-dimensional. Now, Minnesota's defense, I think has, they are decent on defense. They have Tyler Newbin. He's a playmaker. I'm missing the name of the guy, the linebacker they had, who's a really good playmaker. But I think their defense is pretty good. I don't know. I'm not going to make a prediction yet. But I, I, I wouldn't go into this game completely without hope just because – I don't know. Scott Frost isn't in here anymore, and, and we can have hope now. It's okay. You can actually have hope. Maybe not for this team for this year to do great, wonderful things, but you can just have it overall. You know, whereas yeah, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but I my amount of profanity on my videos has dropped precipitously since Scott Frost was fired, and that's because I'm not as mad as I were in, you know, that he was around and stealing money from Nebraska. But, uh, the Minnesota way, I mean, have you seen anything in Minnesota? What do you think? Yeah, I've watched Minnesota play a little bit. Um, you know, again, I, I think Nebraska has a chance to win that game, you know, and it all comes down, in my opinion, to whether or not they're going to be able to move the football. You know, I, I think right now Bill Bush – has the defense playing um, such that they can they can hold their own? You know, I don't I don't see Minnesota I don't see Minnesota blowing them blowing the defense away. I don't see that happen. So right. if if somehow, uh, oh, did we lose Todd? think he just sees there maybe you guys are still um, seeing him i'm not as concerned about minnesota's uh um defense as much as i'm concerned about nebraska's offense yeah that's true i think uh the other thing i was going to say is mo ibrahim is probably next to chase brown i well michigan has two really good running backs but Mo Ibrahim is pretty good, and I think there's a, a serious drop-off between him and the next guy in, which is Trey Potts. So, uh, yeah, Nebraska's offense, we're going to have to see what Mark oh. – <laughs> and I lost Todd. I was there. Oh, you just you disappeared and went offline. Yeah. You were gone, and then yeah, I was gone. <laughs> it's okay, Todd. It's technology. It gets – it's the Russians. Metal. The Russians? Yeah, something. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Look at this. Look at this. Wait a minute. Now I'm all discombobulated. Uh, wait a minute. J Blaine Cole says, you should learn to curse using foreign languages. If you could, would you send me a reference on Japanese swearing? Because that I used to know a lot of Russian swear words because I had a friend of mine that studied Russian. Uh, he was in the military and later on did a lot of business stuff. But I used to know a lot of Russian to say. And I, you know, it all went away when I died. But I would like to know how to swear in Japanese just because, uh, I don't know, that'd be fun. So if you have a reference, oh, I already did that one. If you have a reference, please send it to me, Blaine. Uh, well, and then Linda says this. Look at this. John, you are not as angry because deep down you know have no expectations for really winning. 
Is it? Is she a counselor? I don't know like what therapist? Does. Well, that's that's like unfair insight, and that's probably that's probably true. I, well, I don't, you know, I'm just like riding the year out, man. You know, it's, it's like the big Lebowski thing. Hey, there's a beverage here. And I, you know, I, I will say the Illinois game was really, it was really frustrating because it did, it was fun for a while and then it wasn't fun anymore. Uh, let's see. What else? Would, what else do you have? You had a list, Todd. Well, I was, Hey, I want to go back, you know, to that question. We, we started to answer a question about, Logan Smothers. And, you know, was he utilized against Illinois or, or what about Minnesota? I, I, I would like to see Logan Smothers be the quarterback that starts against Minnesota. I think that Logan Smothers gives Nebraska the best chance to be successful on the field. People want to say that he's one dimensional and no, he's not. Logan Smothers can throw the ball. He can't throw it as well as Casey Thompson, but Logan Smothers can make some plays. And at this point in time, Chubba Purdy, he has a tremendous amount of potential. And, um, you know, he's a big, strong kid that will be a quarterback for Nebraska at some point. But I would rather see him go with with uh, with Logan Smothers this weekend. Yeah, I did have a list. Here's, here's the, the elephant in the room. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, John, before we came, came on and started this. It's November. And possibly by the end of the month, we will have we will know who the Nebraska head football coach is going to be uh, leading the program into the future. And so, you know, leading up to this game, there were a lot of people, you know, the media was saying, you know, Mickey Joseph, if he can you know, get a win from this game that pads his resume. Um, Mickey Joseph is such a strong recruiter. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he had both the Rayola brothers on the sideline this weekend. Um, one who is already committed to Ohio state, uh, you know, is that improving his stock as a potential head coach? Um, and now all of a sudden, uh, you're not, you know, the pro Mickey crowd isn't quite as loud as it was. Um, the other issue that you have is that this is a long audition for everyone. You, you know, it's like you said earlier here, you, you know, you got Matt Campbell, who was high on a lot of people's lists. He's three and five. All of a sudden, does Matt, is Matt Campbell a worse coach today than he was when he had Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl? Um, Lance Leopold's five and three right now. Dave Aranda's five and three right now. Um, you know, where, where do things sit with, with the head coaching search? I, I don't think there's nobody knows anything, but you know, what's missing from the coaching search Todd? you know, what is actually missing? Tell me, John, what's missing. What is missing is that guy that we all latch onto on Twitter. You remember the last time around, didn't we have like this Sir, Sir Yacht guy? that was out tweeting things and everybody blew up because he just, uh, you know, he just had enough like believable. That's the beautiful thing. Here's how to be a conspiracy guy. You just get you tweet enough or say enough things that people can latch onto and believe. And then you play on their emotions for the rest of it. But that guy is missing the guy on Twitter who starts feeding us bullshit lines about coach search stuff. I have sources. I have inside information 
you know, we've already kind of gone through the Lane Kiffin on a plane to Nebraska thing, and that turned out to be no. But that's what's missing. And I had another thought, and I'm old, and it went away. But it, since it's November, I think I'm going to start. You know, I did a video on Mickey Joseph today. It's on the YouTube channel. You can go watch that and leave your comments there. And, and you know, I'd like to hear your comments. But uh, I think I will do some more videos on coaches because I really haven't looked at them because before now it's, it's been useless, but it's, uh, you know, it's time, time to start looking. Who's your top guy, Todd? My top guy? Your top well, guy. At this point in time, I guess Bill O'Brien's probably my top guy. And why you is see, Bill O'Brien your top well, well, you know, I could be superficial and say, well, he doesn't have a head coaching record that he has to throw out there and have everybody cut up and criticize. Um, you know, I'll tell you, again, I'll repeat myself. Matt Campbell could succeed as the head football coach at Nebraska, but because he's three and five right now at this point in the season, and because Iowa State may not in fact win a Big 12 football game this year, doesn't make Matt Campbell a bad football coach. They've had a bad season, okay? Lance Leopold, you know, people want to say, well, he's got to prove more, you know, to, to us. What, what more does Lance Leopold have to prove? He's shown that he can build a program. He's shown that he can develop players. Hell, how many championships did Lance Leopold win at Wisconsin-Whitewater? He was so good at Wisconsin-Whitewater, they kicked his team out of the conference because they kept winning. <laughs> You know, and anyway, I, I, you know, a lot of this obviously is hyperbole and, and speculation, but I like Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien did a wonderful job at Penn State. He, he walked into a no-win situation at Penn State, and he did an excellent job with that football team. Um, the, the critics of Bill O'Brien are concerned that – He'll stay at Nebraska for a few years, then jump ship and go to the NFL. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, uh, if Bill O'Brien wanted to be an NFL coach, you know, he had his shot with the Texans. He gave it a whirl. But if Bill O'Brien really wanted to stay in the NFL and have another shot at an NFL head coaching job, he'd be an assistant in the NFL. He would not be at the University of Alabama. He would be in the NFL. Bill pronounce that name, Todd. Pronounce that name. Well, I better put my glasses on because <laughs> I'm smart. Well, I'd say Jillo Garcia or Hilo Garcia. I, okay, I was gonna. I was wondering if it was Hispanic, so it's Hilo Garcia. She can tell us. Well, I'm pretty Hilo sure Garcia. that Garcia is Hispanic, John. <laughs> She says Bill O'Brien is a stud. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do some more videos like I did on the Mickey Joseph thing where I look at their pros and cons. For Bill O'Brien, I'm gonna go ask some uh, some Penn State people what their opinion is of him. I kind of have some. <laughs> and she says that's right. Hilo, there you go. Hilo, you are very good, Todd. Thank you. John. You get a cookie. You can have a cookie. Uh, I will run down to the front desk at the Cobblestone Inn in Wayne, Nebraska, because there are cookies down there. Thank you, John. Is, it, is that where you're at? You're in Wayne? I am in Wayne. 
so somebody if they're in Wayne, they could offer to buy you breakfast in the morning. They could do that. They could. <laughs> uh, wait, wait a minute. You didn't ask me who my favorite guy is. Oh, who's your favorite guy, John? Who do you want to be? I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna right now go with Dave Aranda. Ooh. I haven't figured out hundred percent why, but you know, Dave Aranda's coached in the Big Ten, right? He was the Wisconsin's defensive coordinator. So he knows the Big Ten. He has been a head coach for a while now. So he has experience at the top level of football, our college football. And I just, uh, again, I need to do the videos that go through the pros and cons, look at all the stuff, talk to people, check my sources, that kind of stuff. And then I'll, you know, I'll come back to you. Uh, one guy I can't believe whose name keeps coming up is Deion Sanders. I just, I, is anybody of our commenters, uh, all you people, any of you are fans of Deion Sanders? I mean, not just De like Deion Sanders as a Nebraska coach. Could you post why you'd want Deion Sanders as a Nebraska coach? Um, let's see. What else? I don't we want have... Deion Sanders because he doesn't have all of his toes. <laughs> what? How can you have a coach that doesn't have all of his toes? What do you mean he doesn't have all his toes? Well, he had some kind of an illness or something going on, and he had toes amputated. Okay. <laughs> no, Deion Sanders, I don't think Deion Sanders is a fit for Nebraska. Um, I think he's a hell of a football coach. But, um, you know, he, he Deion Sanders, there's a lot of flash there. And, um, you know, he coaches with a ton of swagger and a ton of arrogance. And, and I, I'm not using arrogance in a negative way with this. But I don't know that – I don't know if the, I don't know if the big money boosters would support Deion Sanders. Joe Tilson says, Chris uh, – his name is Kleeman, right? Kleeman. Kansas I would, State. He would be my second pick. All right, I'm going to do like five coaches, what I think of the top five coaches. But So let's come up with the top five names. Damn, my brain injury just does that sometimes. Bill O'Brien, Dave Aranda. Uh, who's number three that you want to see a video about? Chris Man Kleeman. Campbell? Chris Kleeman. Chris Kleeman mm -hmm. at Kansas State? Do you yep. think these are all the uh, – so that's four if I put Matt Campbell in there because I I guess I'm going to try to do as many as I can. But Lane Kiffin. Uh, oh, my God. Lane Kiffin has to be in there, doesn't he? Now everybody thinks we're, that we're going to go through their careers. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to reach out, grab my sources. That sounds kind of kinky on a Halloween night, doesn't it? Uh, PJ Flex, somewhat, Doomsday Diesel is here. And he says, someone said P.J. Fleck was a top two contender, and I puked in my mouth a little. I, uh, I would was they, Were they mouth. really drunk? I think <laughs> they'd have to be really drunk. I don't, I don't think P.J. would fit well at Nebraska. Uh, let's see. Who else? Leopold. That's that, thank you. Chris Tussing says Leopold. And I think, I think Lance Leopold is up there for me. But, you know, we have to look at these. We have to examine these people and see 
Uh, Hilo says, do a video on Dion. I think you views. should do that. Do That should be the first one you do. Do some good, solid research on Coach Prime and make that the next one that comes out. Okay, Travis, what's the dude? Oh, I should know this. The guy's name at Coastal Carolina, is that? That guy is a hell of a good coach. Jeremy Walker. That's not it. I, I know who you're talking about, but I can't. I can't. Guy at Coastal Carolina who. <laughs> Wait a minute. Owen Walker. Do, is it odd that there's no clear cut candidate? Do you think the media plays down the Nebraska job? In 2007, we knew it was Bo. 17, we knew it was Scott Frost. You know, here's the thing about this. If you go out on YouTube, you'll find a video of me very upset that we hired Trev Alberts as our athletic director. And when I, when I, it was my instant reaction and I was really cranky. And when I went back and looked at that for myself, I realized that it was misdirected anger. What I was really cranky at was that our, our athletic department couldn't do a fucking thing without somebody linking it to the media. And it really irritated me that, you know, I said at that time, whoever hires, the, whoever comes into the athletic department has to stop this. And they have to fire those people and make examples of them. And because you can't run an athletic department if everything you're doing is getting leaked to people because they want to be buddies with the media. Yep. Okay. So why is there near no clear cut candidate? Well, because there's no leakers. And two, because Trev Alberts is probably, there's nobody talking about this. Trev Alberts and a search committee, maybe Ronnie Green and who's a Ted Carter. Maybe yeah. people that are way up here. Uh, and that's it. You're not going to talk to anybody about well, this. There's The other thing to consider with this too is that everybody remembered Bo from that short period of time that he came here with Solich. And, you know, a lot of Nebraska fans jumped on the Bo Pelini bandwagon. And then, you know, when, when uh, he didn't, when he wasn't retained for the job and uh, Callahan flamed out, it, that was an obvious choice. People wanted, let's go back to Bo, let's get Bo. So to me, you know, the two times, well, when, when they hired Bo Pelini and when they hired Scott Frost, they were obvious. You, Scott Frost had just had an undefeated, whereas in the process of an undefeated season at Central Florida. And everybody in the country said that Scott Frost was the top candidate for any head coaching position. So to me, I think that the circumstances are a little bit different. Um, I, I guess I kind of agree with Owen to an extent that I don't have, I mean, I said my favorite is Bill O'Brien, but I'm, I'd like Brett Bielema. I'd be happy with Brett Bielema. I'd be happy with Pat Fitzgerald. I'd be happy with Lane Kiffin. I'd be happy with Lance Leopold. Matt, K give me Norm Parker, Phil Parker, Phil Parker to be the defensive <laughs> coordinator. The hell with the head coach. You won't worry about a head coach. Let's hire Phil Parker to be the defensive coordinator and then let him hire a head coach. Phil, we'll give you a, how much money do you want to come and be our defensive coordinator <laughs> in Nebraska? We'll let you pick your head coach. 
There you okay, go. Vince Watson's. Vince Watson says, why is everyone in love with Big 12 coaches? Just because they are close is in distance. Personally, I don't think any of them would be the right choice. I, I think that there's two reasons for this. Number one, I, I, I think the Big Ten has this attitude that you don't snipe coaches or head coaches within the conference. They still consider themselves like this is how we do things and this is a gentleman's league, I think. I don't know. And number two, if you'll notice, I think the SEC coaches, they just tend to recycle around. You know what I mean? I mean, Kirby Smart is not going like to come. Did any SEC schools? I think he did. Ten, maybe. Who's, who's that? Houston Nutt. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the SEC just cycles their coaches around. And then, you know, they look at it and they go, well, the SEC is the best. I wouldn't coach anywhere else. So when you look at where can we get a coach, uh, we look at the Big 12, I think, because, well, there's probably is there some level of close, not as in distance, but close as in familiarity. Because I still watch, you know, I still pay attention to Iowa State and uh, Kansas State, excuse me, and what Oklahoma is doing and things like that. But uh, probably just because of that, there's, I mean, how many conferences are we really looking to get coaches from? I mean, nobody brought up any Pac-12 coaches, did they? No. Yeah. Oh, nobody Mike did. Riley. Hilo brought up Mike Riley. He just—he's a—he's a Pac-12 coach. Okay. What about uh, the ACC? No. No. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So. Well, we brought up Jeremy. We brought kind of ACC light, Coastal Carolina. Somebody mentioned Matt Rule. That one might be interested to look at, but I think Matt Rule has so much money he can just sit around for a while. Um, I, you know, it, you know, as you get older, Todd, you realize all the decisions you didn't make in life that worked out the way you wanted. And one of the things I look at now is, I'm getting old. I don't have enough money for, for retirement. You know, I'm largely, I, I, like nobody's going to insure me for life insurance. You know, because of the whole been dead once thing. Uh, you know, I, I should have been, I should have got into coaching and been lousy at it. You know, here's, I've seen this name pop up a couple times. Chris has brought it up now. Kyle Whittingham. Ooh, there it is. Kyle Whittingham. Kyle Whittingham. That, that is, that is, that is a good name. That is really actually, I, I agree with that. Doomsday. I love Mike Leach too, but I don't know that the rest of Nebraska would get Mike Leach. I think it's best that Mike Leach stay a head coach somewhere else so we can just enjoy Mike Leach for who Mike Leach is. <laughs> that is that is true. Uh, let's see what else have we got in here. Okay, what do you have? You still have the list. Let's keep going on your list, Todd. Oh, you got plenty. You you don't have enough hours in the day. You get you do videos on those guys. Hey, we do have a couple other things. We're we have a couple right. of things we can talk about. We do. What? What is it? What? What? Well, we haven't talked about football yet. You mean like the Big Ten West? No, football. You know, <laughs> round ball, people kicking around with their feet. Oh, you know, that. The, do you uh, mean like the Nebraska women's soccer team is probably going to make the NCAA tournament and plays – I think Thursday. Who do they play Thursday? 
They play the number one seed in the Big Ten Conference, Michigan State, who they have not yet played this year. More importantly, the soccer team beat Ohio State, who actually Nebraska had a higher seed than Ohio State, but Ohio State was actually a ranked team. They beat them four zip. Four zip in a soccer game is that that's that's an ass kicking. It is an ass kicking. So, so you think they're peaking? I think they're peaking at the right time. Our, you know what I think? I think our I, Canadian head fo- head football coach is doing quite well. I think that uh, if I am real quick here, I want to say that the the Nebraska soccer game will be televised on BTN Thursday at two p.m. or somewhere in there Thursday afternoon. It is. It is. It is going to be on BTN, and I think you're right, two o'clock, something like that. And and um, then our volleyball team got shellacked by Wisconsin. Shellacked. I mean, shellacked. Yeah. It was Ugly. a pretty hard game. It was. Came back, and then uh, this weekend they beat Maryland, and they swept them, and they looked pretty good. Um, but they dropped in the rankings from first to fourth. So within, like, 10 days, they went from being third ranked to one rank. They lose one game, granted, ugly. And they dropped him down to fourth. So anyway, doesn't matter how they're playing now. How are they going to be playing in late November? That's that's what we need to see. Okay, let's see. Do either of you have? Oh, let's show this. Chris Tessing says, "Do either of you have strong interest toward Dino Babers, Babers, Bebers, Babers huh, at Syracuse?" I, I that is an interesting name. I'll tell you what. I'll take all of these names and I'll go through them and I'll pick like, you know, I'll, I'll try to do some. I, and and I would, with regards for the views, here's the thing with the views. So I'll go out and I'll look at a, a tool I have for doing keyword searches and see which one of these guys has the top ranked, and that's what I'll go for because it's all about the hits, right? There you it's go. all about the views. Dino you know, Babers would be I, a good coach if he brings his offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I mean, they've I've played seen, well lately. I've seen this come up twice. Liberty University's co- we don't have enough strip joints in Nebraska. <laughs> you can't bring him in here. You got to keep him down south where there's a strip joint on every corner. He will not be a happy man in Nebraska because there aren't any stripper places to go. Not very many, at least. God, keep that That's guy. True. He is a hypocritical freeze. You freeze. Stay down there with. Jeez. Do you have thoughts on Hugh Freeze? <laughs> Talk to Candy and Bambi and see what they have to say about Hugh Freeze. Oh, my God. Uh, yourself says, yourself, yourself says, why not Coach John? <laughs> I don't think people are ready for that either. <laughs> well, if John's real name is Bronco Mendenhall, I could see John Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah, there you go. Okay. What else you got? You got anything else? You know, I'm really kind of out. Well, I, you know, I, do you know who Josh Pate is? No. He has he has a show on YouTube. I watched one of his videos the other night, and he talks about he talked about the fact that he doesn't talk about other a lot of other sports because there's no money in it. And I thought, 
Oh my God, that's true. Because I've been thinking about should we even talk about Nebraska basketball this year? Because should I even bother with those videos? Because nobody's going to watch them. But I did watch Nebraska. I, I did. I it took a while, but I found the stream. I finally found the stream on my phone on the Huskers app for the Colorado Nebraska game. So I did watch the exhibition, and you know Nebraska lost to Colorado and. And immediately all the, the comments on Facebook and, and there was one comment on our game thread that uh, this is the same stuff again and it's going to be terrible. And it's really depressing to see that stuff at the beginning of the year. I Here's the thing with the basketball. Somebody asked me, uh, what, what do I think should happen with the basketball team? And I just kind of went, you know, if they can finish 10th or 11th, that would be progress. And I think, you know – I think that would be good enough for me, probably. I don't. I don't. Really, you can't expect great things, but okay. So I watched the basketball game, and there are some new players we're going to get to know. Uh, probably a lot of people just aren't going to care. Uh, Derek Walker did not play for reasons undisclosed, other than Fred Hoiberg said it was for health care reasons. So I don't know what that means. Uh, we got to improve the shooting. Sam Greasel looks like he's a player, and God help us if he gets injured or anything because he can run the offense and do some things. I don't know. I just, you know, watching the basketball team is just like this year in football. It's just kind of like, yeah, man. <laughs> just going to let sit back and let it happen. So that's my only bit of them on basketball. Uh, oh, wait. We have to cover the big news of the weekend. I haven't seen Adam Gaboski. Uh, talk for a while, but he does say this. Cornhuskers, please don't physically assault our players in the tunnel when you come to Michigan next week. <laughs> okay. Everybody saw – I mean, if you're paying attention to college football, uh, everybody saw what happened at Michigan. Apparently, a bunch of Michigan State players jumped a Michigan guy or two in the tunnel on their way out of the game because Michigan's – Michigan Stadium only has one tunnel for the teams to go in and out of. And apparently there's been some incidents that have happened, but this is the first time anybody's actually been assaulted. Michigan State suspended four players indefinitely and said this isn't about our core values and stuff, and Michigan fans are angry about it. Eleven Warriors, which is an Ohio State site, wrote an article about how uh, this is like the fourth fart altercation or third altercation in the last seven home games, and this is a problem with Michigan, and it, it's been a big mess. So I would hope that uh, I, you know, how I would hope that nothing like the incident that occurred against Michigan State happens with Nebraska. Uh, you suppose it's it all possible some guy from Michigan might have been taunting, talking some smack. You know, could that have possibly occurred? You know, um, I don't know. But, you know, the reality of the situation is, is that um, Michigan, it's Michigan Stadium. And if they're going to send both teams down the same tunnel, Michigan needs to control their players. It's not Michigan State's obligation to, you know, they're the guests. Michigan, you figure it out. You take care of your players. You keep separation between your players and the visiting team, period. It's on Michigan. Now, I kind of trolled Michigan people on Twitter a little bit, and somebody did come back 
and and said that this is the first time this has happened in 95 years. So, you know, I I it's unfortunate when stuff like that happens. You'd like to hope that you know when you walk off a football field, you leave. I mean, when you talk to foot guys that play football, they'll talk about the moment that they step on the field or the moment that they prepare to play football and that it's such a violent sport that they do have to amp themselves up internally to get ready to basically do violence. That's what it is. It's, we watch a very violent sport. But would, you would hope that when they walk off that field that they're you know, able to shut it off again too and stuff like this doesn't happen. So, Well, you'd like to think that, but – our society accepts violence now. In fact, aspects of our society promotes violence. So, um, you don't like somebody breaking okay. their house and beat them with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, was there anything else on your list, Todd? <laughs> oh, you know what? We've there have been. <laughs> We got off track so bad here. There have been some really good comments by some of the people here. And, you know, uh, M. Gabowski talks about Nebraska doesn't hate Michigan and aren't children, so there won't be any violence. I've always thought that the Nebraska-Michigan rivalry was a good was a good rivalry. I've seen it play out in baseball. Um, you know, there's been some chippiness on the baseball diamond. The, Michigan had a shortstop that had a short fuse a couple of years ago. Um, but for the most part, you know, part of it is, Nebraska and Michigan really don't have a long history. Um, so, you know, that, that plays into it as well. Okay. We're going to, we're running down to the end here. A doomsday deal. So Illinois game point minor, but just something I think our special team needs to adjust. They need to just take the 25 yards on kickoff returns instead of ever running it. Even Alabama, Georgia don't get past the 25. That's true. It, absolutely. I, I think I, that's a no-brainer. Um, you I, can I'll, see Tommy just Hill just chopping at the bit, though. Ch Tommy Hill, yeah. he wanted to return one in the worst way. And when yeah. he finally got one that was only like three yards deep in the end zone, uh, he had a running start and took off. Uh, well, let's get this by Randy Pappas. We will be looking for a new basketball coach at the end of the year. You know, I hope not. I hope Fred Hoiberg is successful. Just because Fred Hoiberg has been successful, I don't think, you know, Fred Hoiberg is not going to get it done. I just, everybody complains about who's going to come to Nebraska to coach football if we hire Scott Frost. Remember that shit a year ago or two years oh, yeah. ago? Okay. Yeah. If that statement is true for basketball, we are the worst power six program in basketball. And if we fire coaches of basketball, it's like, oh, God, now what? You know, I mean, the basketball program makes money. Otherwise, I don't know what the point is sometimes. Other than, you know, it's just fun to watch. I, I just want us to be in, foot, in basketball. I would just like us to be, I don't know, a decent average would be good enough for me. And I would be happy with it. Uh, all right, Minnesota, do you want to make a prediction, Todd? No, I hate predictions. I think that Nebraska is going to play well against Minnesota. I think they can win. How's that? That's good. That's very good. It is in, it is in Lincoln. Um, yep. Oh, we have that going for us. Still, the, the spread is 11. I don't know. We'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see what happens. 
later this week if there's any more news on Casey Thompson. I'll make a prediction on Wednesday or Thursday or whenever we do the show with Haas. But uh, I do think, you know, Nebraska, Minnesota, we're right now at what, three and four? Three and five? We have three wins. We have three wins. We need two more. We need two more wins to even possibly get considered for a bowl game. Come on, five and seven. Five and seven. You, you'll, t- you'll be happy if we get there at five and seven. You could, a good, you could make the trip to El Paso. I'll be happy if we win five football games, but <laughs> okay. It would, whatever. John, okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. See there? <laughs> who are we going to What? Real quick, Todd, who are we going to get two wins from? Minnesota, Wisconsin. <laughs> Not Iowa? What the hell? There's three wins for you. Three. Okay. I'm with you, John. I think Nebraska, I mean, outside of Michigan, and now part of it depends on how healthy our guys are after the Michigan game. Um, <laughs> That's true. You know? Sad but true. What do we end up? What, what can we end up putting out there? So, I, we just, you know, I guess we'll see. It starts with Minnesota this Monday, this uh, Saturday morning, eleven a.m. game. Uh, okay, we're over an hour. I don't know anything else. Do you know anything else? No, I don't know anything else. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, okay. John. I'm worn out. I'm tired. <laughs> Good night, Todd. Good night, John. <laughs>